Ever feel like your video content is stuck inside a black hole? Well, today we're going to be joined by SnapApp CEO Seth Lieberman, and we're going to learn how layering interactivity onto existing videos, explainers, product tours, demand generation videos, or even webinars, how that can give you opportunities to really analyze audience interest and generate leads. The video revolution is here, and it's changing how we do business. Learn how to use video to engage customers and drive results here on the Video Marketing 2.0 podcast with your hosts, Joel Gubich and Brendan Carty. Hi. I'm Joel Gubich, and welcome to Video Marketing 2.0, where we discuss the world of videos for marketing and business purposes. And with me, as always, is my colleague, head writer and creative story lead, Brendan Carty. So, Brendan, are you ready to talk interactivity? I am. I'm excited to have uh, Seth here. I think this is, you know, we usually have people who know more about this than we do, but I think this is particularly the case here. So it's going to be nice to pick his brain and see sort of where we're going with video marketing, because he seems like he uh, has a better idea than, than most. Well, I hope he has a better idea. His whole business hope he has is a better, built hope around he has a better that. idea than we do, <laughs> certainly. I mean, so, so, Seth, um, welcome to the podcast. Um, I hope you're ready to be interactive. Uh, all day, every day. Thanks for having me, Joel and Brian. And you're welcome to pick my brain, but it's slim pickings. So, uh, <laughs> so well, make, it, make sure you eat before the meal, right? It's, it's a short podcast, so we, we should be good. <laughs> Well, you know, I want to start off by picking whatever part of the brain is is there today. When we talk about interactivity, what what exactly does that mean when it comes to video? Because I I, I think it's such a new a new concept. Video itself is going through so many changes. Video marketing. So now you're putting something new on top of that by using the word interactivity. So what does that exactly mean? That's a great question, and I think it's the perfect place to start. Let me let me put a pin in the video piece for one sec, second, and I think what's often really valuable is to spend a minute and talk at a very high level, 100,000 feet. When we're talking about interactive, what are we talking about? And then we can drill down a little bit and talk about what does that mean for video in itself. Uh, when we're talking about interactive, we fundamentally think of interactive content as something that requires participation from the audience. So if we think about that in context, when you read a book, it's passive. When you watch a movie, which is video, it's passive. When you read a blog post, all of those um, tr- you know, kinds of content, and many of them are very traditional content, marketing kinds of content, like the blog or the white paper or the data sheet or even the video, those are what we think of as monologues or static content. In other words, there is nothing that is required of the audience to participate with us with that content that is then enhancing that uh, experience or knowledge gained from that. And, and there's a lot of great value in there. But when we talk about interactive, we're talking about anything and everything that requires some kind of participation with the audience. That might be as simple as clicking, answering questions, um, pausing, something that is a physical movement, if you will, that makes the person participate. And so what that happens is when you have something that's interactive, it immediately starts to engage or interact with the user. 
um, or the audience. And engagement is a term that that if we're not careful is going to be the you know bludgeon us all to death. But one of the metrics of engagement, I think, is really are you are you participating with the content? And so that's what we mean by interactive. You've got to do something, and hopefully, when done right, the things you do make you get even more value from that that content or that experience. You know, videos up to now have been this passive two-dimensional, almost like watching television. We did a podcast about this a couple uh, episodes ago, all about attention. That is, if you're not engaged, if you don't have to do something, your mind's going to go someplace else. And so by being interactive, you get to stay in the moment in, inside that video. Yeah, I, I think that's right. It's one of the reasons why, and I'm not a huge, huge television guy, but um, I think one of the reasons why we see more and more broadcasters trying to do things during the content that ties to the content, you know, the check-in when you're watching shows kinds of things is one of the, the trends that um, some of the broadcasters, but you're right about video. Video is the most, or I don't know, I wouldn't want to be quite so superlative, but it's got to be one of the most um, powerful means of conveying information, right? So the printed word became radio, kind of where the podcast is in that radio segment. And then video, you're able to absorb from the visual and audio cortexes of your brain so much information. But that is a, a monologue. It is a one-directional uh, conversation. And what interactive does is it makes it a dialogue. It turns that monologue into a dialogue, um, and, you know, I, I think one of the great I was thinking about it a couple of weeks ago and Lena uh, Prickett, who runs all our content here at SnapApp, we, we were we were chatting and I said, you know, here's what the difference is. The difference is going to a party and socializing. That's interactive versus sitting at home and drinking alone in your closet. Right. That's that's sort of static. Right. This notion of like being social and participating is what interactive is about. And if we do that. We can learn more. We can uh, understand what the fit is, what the value is, et cetera. And so interactive video is a way to take that static monologue and customize and add more value from that experience to the user. So I don't I think, think you've been in my closet lately because man, <laughs> I have a lot of parties there. But, it's a walk-in uh, closet. <laughs> yeah, you open up the door and just wine bottles just fall out of Joel's closet. I so would eat dinner on 6, 630. I'll be yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wait. <laughs> let's, uh, let's see how big that closet is. So Seth, that's I, that's a great I think thousand uh, hundred thousand feet point of view. So let's make it real for for the listeners. What is the what are some of the things that we we would add onto a video to make it interactive? What are what are the kind of things that we would ask of the audience while they're watching a video? Yeah, great question, and I think it depends on what the video is. So we typically see three kinds of video content. One is what I'll call the product or highlight reel promo video, right? That's the 45 second to 145 second, this is what we do video. So that's one kind of video. Um, the second video tend to be more um, product videos or training videos or more in-depth pieces that are about some specific aspect of a, of a company's service or offering. And then the third one is what I call long form content or long form video content. Those typically in the business to business world are, mar are um, webinars. Right. So we spend uh, 30 minutes as a webinar walking through a case study or use cases, et cetera. And it's it's uh, you know, we've got the screen grab. And so typically most content is one of those one of those three kinds of uh, video testimonials might be in that middle bucket, if you will. Video testimonials, you know, it's a little gray, 
Um, and so depending on what the video is, it depends where somebody is in their decision-making journey in their buying process, means we should be asking or layering different kinds of interactivity onto it. So for instance, again, to get tactical, if we're at that very high level, you know, 90 second overview of who we are, well, maybe um, we only want to ask a, a simple one or two question poll or survey. Um, you know, we just told you what we do. Is this a problem you have? Right? We just told you all about our security solution. You know, do you have a security problem or how are you solving this problem today? So very simple discovery oriented, meant to engage and draw you in and figure out that black hole that Joel alluded to, right? We we know you watched this whole video. So we know you you know something about security or you have some issue, but we don't know what it is. We need to be asking those questions um, as part of that video process. That The other end of the spectrum might be that 30-minute webinar where as we're going through, and I'm just picking a security example, we have a, a bunch of security customers here, but as you're going through that 30 or 40-minute webinar where we're telling you about all different kinds of security issues and how such and such security client of ours solved it using our software and what did that mean, we might be doing much more exposition, maybe doing a very a nuanced assessment for you um, about how are you solving that problem that we just told you about and are you using X, Y, and Z technology to solve it and have you been breached and you know what, what was when the last time you were breached, what was the response you did? And so there's a whole series of questions that because we have a lot of time to go through, we can ask you and give you at your own leisure your chance to answer them. And then based on how you answer those questions, give you a, a real diagnostic about what, what the problems are, what we're seeing, and at the same time, get all kinds of really valuable information for the marketer about, is this person a good lead or a bad lead, et cetera. So that, so and that's that second part about getting people engaged. So you see this almost as a way of obviously like acquiring information and then putting them into the right sales funnel, so to speak. Yeah, interactivity is about value exchange. So if we as marketers can use interactive to deliver more value to the audience, that is help them understand the challenges they face, and if we have a solution, or diagnose, or benchmark themselves against their peers, if we can help them get more value from our content and from those experiences, then we're building trust, we're building credibility, but we're also building profiles, right? We're also, it's working and delivering value for the marketer, which is, um, that's great information. Now I know uh, a lot more about you and I can actually figure out, I can build a solution that might meet those needs. Um, one of the things we talk a lot about around here is in our own sales and marketing organization, um, you know, we're baseball fans, we're here in Boston and I'm sure right now, uh, you know, when I tell you that we're Patriots and Red Sox fans, half the people are going to turn the podcast off, but hang with us, folks. It's very yeah. polarizing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, in baseball, one of the, the if you've ever read Michael Lewis and, and uh, his work all around uh, sabermetrics and baseball, long story short, they say a walk is as good as a hit, which means you just want to get on base, right? This is the mentality. If you can get on base, you can, you can keep having a better chance to score runs statistically. So what's the analogy here in marketing? Well, it's not actually getting on base. I would argue a strikeout is as good as a hit in marketing, which means qualifying somebody as a good lead or a good prospect or a good MQL is just as good as finding out that we have nothing of value to offer them and getting them out of our time and resources spend from the marketing and sales department. Um, so that conversation that we have through interactive content when we can't get you on the phone, that helps us figure out if we actually have anything 
then it makes sense to have a conversation and not spend that time and money to continue to nurture and call and communicate with you when we can't solve your problem. Absolutely. And as marketers, you know, time is, is one of your most valuable resources. So I, I, I love the, as a big baseball fan myself, I, I love the, the, the strikeout analogy. It reminds me of a, uh, you may know this quote from Earl Weaver, the old uh, Baltimore Orioles manager. He, uh, he's, he, he told his, his team, if, uh, if you're going to hit into a double play, at least have the decency to strike out. So <laughs> I think it sounds we're, like we're a kind yogi-ism. of in the same spirit. Yeah, it could be a yogiism as well. I like that so, A good video isn't good enough. You need a good video strategy as well. At ThinkMojo, we'll show you how to create a video marketing plan that gets results. It's totally free, and there's no obligation. Just visit thinkmojo.com slash consultation and set up your video strategy consultation today. So we're talking today with uh, Seth Lieberman, who's the CEO of SnapApp, and we're talking about interactivity and how to make videos interactive and increase engagement, increase click-throughs. So as... uh yeah, you know, I, what I love about uh, there are so many layers to the value. I think you know, and in the, the interactivity kind of mirrors a personal conversation, and it sort of plays on the same things. You know, like on the I think on the surface level, everybody loves someone who takes interest in them, right? So if you just ask someone questions, like even if you know what's going on, even if you know, like, well, they're just trying to engage me, it still tickles you a little bit. It's like it's why you know putting polls on your on your website or on your Facebook page, you know, it's the same uh, engagement principle. Like you ask something of your audience, they answer and just they, they become more involved in the process. But then this other layer of gathering information in a way that's, you know, not data mining or anything. You're just asking people questions. It, uh, I think that's the, the thing that would most interest a lot of marketers is how to utilize this information and, you know, put it towards actual sales as opposed to just making your uh, you know, videos more engaging to use that that catch-all that we you know hear way too many times. Yeah. So let's let's. There's two parts to that. Let's take the the first part first. But one of the things that you're exactly right about asking questions, which is, you know, you go to a, we'll go back to that cocktail party I I mentioned the interactive piece. You know, nobody wants to meet somebody at the cocktail party that all they do is talk about themselves, right? It's you know, it's really not that interesting unless that person happens to be, you know, Stephen Hawking or maybe Tom Brady or somebody like that. In general, <laughs> I know. You know. And those are the only those are the only two options. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Stephen I mean, Hawking, yeah. he's the next quarterback, isn't he, for the Patriots? Yeah. yeah. He's quarterbacking in a, in a different universe, I think. But, yeah, that's uh, right. So but the point is that, you know, we build relationships, we build rapport, um, we build trust and credibility by having a conversation. Um, and so, again, when we think about those early questions, which is, well, we like polls, which are one of the most simplistic but powerful kinds of interactivity, the quality of the questions we ask builds that trust and credibility. So if you come to my – we'll take that security example. You come to my security site um, and I ask you, uh, you know, what's your favorite color? Well, that's kind of a crappy question. But if I ask you something um, like um, – what do you think of the latest XYZ breach and how will that affect you? What I'm doing fundamentally in the question I ask you is making you understand that I know what I'm talking about, that I am an expert in my field, that I understand your issues. So you're building that trust and credibility, um, which 
if marketing does their job well, they earn the right for sales to even have a conversation in the first place. And that's how we're earning the trust, earning the right to have a sales conversation. So the second half of that then is how do we use all this data, all this information we know about you to fuel that sales funnel to not only create more opportunities, but accelerate those opportunities. Um, and so one of the things that I've talked a lot about and I think is really important is that as more and more of the sales-like job becomes marketing, that is, uh, it used to be marketing generated leads and they threw them over the wall to sales and sales said the leads suck and the marketing people said that sales guys suck and that's how we did business, right? And, and fortunately, that's changing at an astronomical pace with alignment between sales and marketing, which means more and more of that pre-qualification is happening in the marketing side. And so marketing needs to develop sales skills. They need to learn how to listen. They need to learn how to ask questions and they need to do the qualification. And when they do that correctly and they take this unstructured data and these questions and they put it into their marketing automation platform, an Eloqua, a, a, a Marketo, HubSpot, Pardot, any of these folks, and they use their personas and their nurture tracks that are fundamentally structured programs and structured data, you're able to more quickly and better align that prospect into the right nurture track and then lead score. Understand how you've answered specific questions and what does that mean your lead score should be. And then at the end of the day, when we decide as marketers that you're ready to talk to sales, hopefully you decide you're ready to talk to sales, but oftentimes marketers, we decide you're ready to talk to sales. We hand over that dossier on you, right? Which is not only do we know your name and your company and how many employees and what security, you know, you know, solution you're using today, but we know how did you solve this problem and what did you say was important and you know how many resources you have allocated and all of this rich profile data. So that then when the salesperson gets on the phone finally to talk to you about your problems, they know what they are. They don't have to spend the whole first call interrogating you. They can lead with storytelling, right? Something salespeople are so good at. Let me tell you a story about how we help so-and-so, you know, triple their protection at half the cost in a third the time instead of having to do all this qualification. You know, one of the things about uh, what that we talk about, uh, certainly Brendan talks about this a lot because of his role as, as uh, the head writer, is how important the script is, how important writing a script is to telling the story. But when you have the interactivity component to it now and questions, that's sort of like a different way of writing a script. You, you have to think ahead of time, don't you? Wouldn't you think, have to think ahead of time? Which questions would I want to put in here? Where am I going to pause or, or start the interactivity in the, in the video so that the, not only the voiceover part of it, but also the visuals sort of sync together. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm a little, um, you know, I'm biased towards our solution, but part of what we've built is is tools for marketers to make all those choices without having to do no technology. So you can show questions on top of the video and pause it, but you can also show questions below the video on the canvas page that stay persistent and not have to interrupt the flow of the of the video. Um, and so there's lots of options to make that seamless experience however you want it, however you want it to work. Um, but the powerful thing that marketers should actually think about is what are good questions that not only will complement and enhance the value of the video, but I also want to know the answers to. Right. And so it's an it's an easy way to start, which is if I were on the other side and watching this, what would make it more interesting to me? Right. And so it's actually a very simple exercise 
by instead of just saying, what do I want to know? It's about me, me, me. Well, let's start. It's about you. What adds value to you? You're the potential future customer. Um, and so that's a that's a, a, a tool that a lot of our customer success managers here use to help put the marketer back on the other side of the of the content or the experience to make them think. So Seth, that's what that's where we are now. Where do you think this is going? Where what do you think the next evolution of interactive video content is going to look like? Yeah, well, we have some pretty pretty aggressive plans in 2016, which I can't share all of, but um, you know, I, I think that video um, is going to continue to become more and more interactive, um, and that means there'll be a lot of actually players that do interactive video across different verticals. So if you think about the commerce or the retail space, something we, we do nothing with. Uh, Brightco, for instance, has a number of very interesting integrated partners that you're watching a video and you can click on the shirt of the woman or the man in the video and go buy that shirt. Yeah. Really compelling, powerful integration of commerce um, into, into video. What will have to happen for that to scale um, you know, to, to, to large levels is it's got to be easy to create those experiences, right? It can't be every time I want to make a shirt you can click on that we've got to spend 60 days of production time, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a lot of commerce angles where video will continue to grow. Um, where we see it on, on our side is, again, enhancing that storytelling and building a conversation. So how does the video change based on how you answer questions, whether some people call it chaptering, um, yeah. some notion of, of, of dynamic content in the video, which um, actually puts a lot of onus today on the video production because you need a lot of video snippets, content, etc., to change the content based on dynamically based on what people do and how they ask questions. But I think I think that will be one of the big themes in the future, which is um, changing videos uh, based on on um, what people do and how they answer questions, and then ultimately making it as much of a of a dialogue, this almost choose your own adventure um, process as possible. That's like the uh, the video game models have been really ahead of the curve with, with that of all the the role player games. You know, obviously every every click determines your journey. So I, yeah, they to be able to use that for marketing could be such a powerful thing. And I could imagine it being for sales, especially for like product walkthroughs. Obviously, you know that you literally learn how to use the product while you're watching the video. I think there's. Uh, a yeah. ton of people who would who would love to do that, but you're right. From a video production standpoint, I'm just like, oh my god, how long would it take to make one of those videos? Because you'd have to make you know, however many contingent uh, directions just for for one video. But yeah, right. the the technology will uh, will be there, and everyone will uh, will sort of adapt to it. And what I actually think will be an intermediate step, which is something that we do on on we're. Um, We've got some video, though we're not a huge video producer yet. We have some pretty big plans. But we start to see some of our customers talking about is, you know, in the beginning, we talked about different kinds of video. So we've got that two-minute product, you know, overview, 90-second overview video. We've got some product videos. What people are starting to change is fundamentally they're thinking about video, and they're starting to think about it. And I think this is very, very nascent, but will be a huge trend over the coming two to three years. So there's a bunch of years in the making here, is they'll start to um, script and produce and shoot video knowing that they're going to make it interactive in advance. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things they'll do is 
they'll ask questions in the video instead of just overlaying that question. So, the, you know, if there's a talking head, they'll ask a question knowing that they're going to give you a range of answers to pick from inside that video. And so they'll leave space. They'll stand to one side of the camera instead of the middle because they know they're going to want to put graphics or some other, you know, hotspot or clickable event near or around that head. And so people are starting to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can now make video and leave empty spaces that I can change and manipulate and fill post-production by myself. And maybe I can skin that video in three different ways with different interactivity uh, and see what's working best. And so that I think is nascent, but going to be a very fast growing trend in video production. Final question are, how close are you to holograms? Are we going to have holograms? I mean, cause I, I want to have someone in the room literally giving me a taste of the piece of pie is that is what we, you're thinking? Like six months, maybe, maybe like eight months. Well, that's the crazy thing. I'm actually from the future. <laughs> so, uh, oh, so and, and I have, want you to come join me in the future. Do you have your your sports betting book that I can borrow? Uh, <laughs> that's the one thing that even in the future we can't get right. Ah, okay. Nobody knows the spread. Yeah. No, I I think I think actually. You know, to to get very Elon Musky for a second, yes, but please. I do think that holograms will be. I have no idea if they'll be so intrusive and terrible, but you know, when we look <laughs> back at, at at you know, we just had uh, Back to the Future Day, right? Yeah. And so you know, where we can video conference now and the and FaceTime and the quality is really high. It's just a question of time before there is a hologram. I don't know about the marketing purposes, but there's no question that it's just a question of time before you can have a, a three-dimensional holographic conversation with somebody, right? Even if they're not there. We just have to get over the creepiness of it. And then that, I, it's super then it'll be fine. That's the big hurdle, I think, with the uh, with the holograms. Do we want someone sitting in the room with us? But, right? uh, well, you know, that party in my closet, that's filled with holograms. <laughs> there you go. Right so that is a high-growth closet. <laughs> the best thing about it is they just don't drink very much. Yeah, it's the closet <laughs> of the future. Yeah, the hologram drinking would probably just result in stains on your floor. So I, I would be careful about that. Well, but so, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, just go a little bit off topic here for a second. I think we are maybe already are off topic, but I think probably, yeah. You know, one of the one of the really interesting uh, trends I heard about recently, and I'm I I don't go to raves, and I'm too old, and I have four kids, and all this other stuff. But <laughs> but so there's this whole um, new uh, meme where. DJs will play music and everybody's got wireless headphones on. And so it's dead yeah. quiet in the room, but everybody is listening simultaneously to the same track uh, and music and interacting, but it's dead silent in the room. And so this immersive, whether it's visual, you know, virtual reality, but this immersion of content is really powerful. All right. So that wraps up uh, another episode of Video Marketing 2.0. I want to thank our guest, Seth Lieberman, CEO at SnapApp. Seth, thank you. Thank you. Your insights have uh, totally changed my mind on holograms and Joel's closet. Joel, Joel Gubich, uh, business development expert at ThinkMojo. Thank you as well. I'm Brendan Carty, a head writer at ThinkMojo. You can find this episode plus all other past episodes, including our uh, show notes page and all that other magic stuff. Uh, at videomarketing2-0.net. We're also uh, available through iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so go ahead, check out this episode, and make sure to leave comments because that's the way that other people get to find this podcast as well. So once again, for Seth, Joel, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. For more help on how to drive results with video, contact ThinkMojo, the video marketing experts at info at thinkmojo.com or visit thinkmojo.com for more information.